Thank you for downloading the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast. You can find more relationship insights at focusonthefamily.com slash marriage podcast. Hey, this is John Fuller along with Greg Smalley, and today we're covering a tough topic, and that is forgiving your spouse when they've betrayed you or let you down in some significant way. Dave Carter talked to Jim Daly about this. It was in the context of one spouse being unfaithful, um, but we know that trust issues can crop up in any part of marriage. Here now, Jim Daly talking to Dave Carter. Let's talk about some solutions, and one of them is uh, seeking forgiveness Mm -hmm. and why that is key, and how does that play out in your experience counseling these couples? Yeah. Well, forgiveness is the core of it. Even uh, all the secular people who work in this field, my colleagues and such, we all agree that forgiveness is a key. And everybody has some idea of forgiveness. Even Disney has an idea of forgiveness. Let it go, you know. So (laughs) uh, you have to do that. But the thing, when most couples get stuck in recovery and they aren't able to really restore the marriage, it's one of two things, always, almost always. One, it's an incomplete forgiveness process, or two, they don't have enough good history to fall back on to save a marriage. In other words, it's a bad marriage from the beginning, and this just compounds the badness. But let's talk about forgiveness. None of us are perfect spouses, and we've all injured the marriage over time. And that's the first level of forgiveness you have to work through. Uh, What you've contributed to the deterioration of the marriage over time, apart from the sexual issues. And both spouses need to go through that. Both do. Then the second part of the forgiveness process has to do with the actual betrayal. Because it's not just the sexual component. It's the fantasy. It's what you did to your spouse. It's what you did to your kids. It's what you did to your reputation. It's how you cultivated it. All you lied about it. The money you spent on it. The dreams you share with her. The places you... It just goes on and on. So it's a very thorough process. And it's really helpful to oh. the forgiveness process. Oh, I mean, is. some people say, that sounds like too much pain. Oh, I, when I do this overseas, I always get that kind of reaction. Hey, you should have thought about that before you did it. You know, I'll tell you what pain is. Pain is when that little bride of yours is laying in bed alone knowing you're out with your girlfriend. Yeah. That's pain. Mm-hmm. Okay. You, you know, Dave, seriously, talk to that man particularly. And again, it could the shoe could be on the other foot. I get that. But speak to that person who is only half-heartedly putting forgiveness forward. Okay. That's a great lead. I love that. Your spouse that you betrayed has the right to know anything and everything they want to know about your betrayal. If you want respect, you want their respect, and you want their trust, then they got to feel like you don't hold any secrets. Dave, let me let me tease this out a little yeah. bit. Because in the Word, you know, the Lord says he hates divorce. Yeah. Then he gives a way out. Yeah. And this is the one way. Yeah. Um, I would think safety rationally is also if you have abuse occurring, physical oh, yeah. abuse, abandonment, it can be debated. Yeah. But those are also in that arena. Yeah. However, God is very specific in yeah. his scripture, in his word, that when it comes to adultery and betrayal and infidelity, this is the reason that you can divorce. Talk about God's heart in that regard. Go a little deeper that way. Forget the the practicality for a minute. Just talk about what God is experiencing when he sees his children doing this. Oh, marriage is an illustration of God, the Father, and Israel, Jesus, and the church. I mean, it's the... It's the metaphor. It is. It is. 
And it never is a lot of hard work. It's always presented in a joyous uh, attachment, uh, fellowship, connection. It's not like you're grinding it out every day, you know, type of thing. And there are some marriages who do that, that practice that kind of stuff. But the one thing the betrayed spouse, Jim, has to get, the betrayed spouse has to feel like her husband or his wife gets what they did to me. Yeah. That's why we do the extended forgiveness letter. That's, so that's where, they where prove that it. healing starts. That's when where that it comes from. Betrayed spouse yeah. feels they're understood. You get it. Yeah. That yeah. they're not just gaming me. Yeah, that's right. They're yeah. not playing yeah. me. Yeah, that's right. Because I've been played so far. That's right. I get that. I can yeah. understand that yeah. sense of betrayal. Vulnerability and honesty are so important in a marriage. And Greg, you've worked with thousands of couples. How do you advise someone to be genuinely vulnerable in a way that's going to bring healing? It's so important to understand, John, first and foremost, that love is risky. That when I put my heart out there to my wife, I don't really know what she's going to do with it. There's an illusion that somehow trust is something that can be earned once and for all. And that's a lie. That doesn't exist. Your goal can't be to figure out how do I create this relationship to where trust is a non-issue, that I've earned this trust once and for all. That's a horrible way of looking at it Mm. because love is, is risky and it requires vulnerability. And we're married to flawed human beings. I love my wife. I'm so proud of her. She's amazing in so many ways and she's human. And there are days that she doesn't treat my heart the way that I would hope she would. So it's in those moments, what do we do? And that's why for for couples who are really trying to rebuild trust, let go of the fantasy that somehow we can arrive at a place that trust is set in cement. Mm. We I can work, John, so perfectly in my marriage and, and be such a trustworthy guy for 20, 30, 40 years, and then it takes one poor decision on my part and trust is gone, which is the point. That's the wrong goal. Instead of trying to figure out how to rebuild trust, focus on how do I create a marriage that feels like the safest place on earth. Mm. See, safety as a goal is is way better than trust is a goal. What do you mean by that? Safety. Yeah. So safety means that when I'm in your presence, that I trust, I believe that you are going to accept me for who I am. Safety is all about just being able to be me and knowing that you value me, that you respect me, that you give me permission to be human. It's an acceptance issue. And that's the kind of relationship that I want with my wife. I want her to feel safe with me, that, that I see her as someone who's incredibly valuable and vulnerable, and therefore my intent is to be someone who's trustworthy, but knowing that in those moments that I'm not, that she's going to take care of herself. She might need to distance herself from me in that moment if I'm really not being truly safe. Mm And so I asked Aaron long, long time ago, so you feel safe when I what? That is one of the best questions I would encourage couples to ask each other. What what does that then really mean? Mm -hmm. I feel safe, or maybe I feel loved when you... That's the stuff that you want to write down. Erin told me that, that she feels safe with me, that when I'm willing to be vulnerable and admit to mistakes, that I'm human, that I'm flawed, that I am going to, to do things mm. 
that, that aren't right, that I'm going to sin, that I'm going to make mistakes. And there's something about when I'm honest about those things, it just makes you feel super safe, which I, I never quite understood. I thought that by me making mistakes, it would make her feel unsafe. Yeah. But it's interesting that when I'm confessing to her, when mm. I'm letting her know, man, I, you know, I messed up here, that, that's a part of safety for yeah. her. It's not that's, the only thing. No, I appreciate that. And um, I think that's a really key thing for couples. It's a beauty of a longer-term relationship if if you've been able to avoid using honesty as kind of a weapon yeah. or as a manipulative tool. So that that's really good. I appreciate that. Yeah, make that your goal to create a marriage that feels like the safest place on earth. Mm. And if you aren't in a safe place in your relationship and you want to talk to somebody but you don't know who, we have caring Christian counselors here at Focus on the Family. And it would be a privilege for them to talk with you briefly uh, over the phone and maybe to point to some resources, even uh, suggest a counselor in your area for some uh, ongoing work. So we'll have the contact number in the show notes along with the link to our website where we have a lot of articles and resources. Uh, One would be Dave Carter's book, Anatomy of an Affair. And if you can make a donation today of any amount, we'll send a complimentary copy of that as our thank you gift for joining the support team. Next time, we'll hear more from Dave about tapping into the good elements of marriage. And until then, I'm John Fuller. On behalf of Greg and the entire team, thanks for listening to the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast.